Huge welcome back to Don't Slam Your Podcast. I am, as ever, your 2.4 host, J.D. Collins. And today we have a brand new guest joining us for The Deep. It is 2.4 mega fan, Richard. Richard, thank you for joining me. How are you today? Hi, J.D. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Um, you say this is the first time you've ever been on a podcast. Yes, it is. I'm excited but nervous. <laughs> oh, nothing to be nervous about. We're just going to have a, a fun chat about this wonderful series. And... As with, I do with all my new guests, we uh, ask questions about your history. It's called 2.4 initiation questions. Yeah. So we'll go straight into that. So first question is, when did you first discover 2.4 children? I first discovered it, it was by chance, I think. You know, I was, you know, back in the early 90s, back in my school days, you know, I was remember it must have been a repeat on a Sunday night because I came, I came home, we'd just been out for the evening. I came out and, you know, my parents said, you know, oh, you've got to get ready for school now. So I had a bath, etc. And, you know, I was looking for something on the telly. There was nothing on being a Sunday night. And I came across 2.4 children on BBC One. And I can still remember which episode it was. It was um, episode three of the first series. When the going gets tough, the tough goes shopping. Yeah. And, you know, I just remember, you know, laughing at it so much because Bill was setting off all the car alarms with a shopping trolley <laughs> i just found that so funny yeah. and you know I, I became hooked on it after that you know you know i've loved it ever since <laughs> fantastic and so what is your favorite episode oh that's a tough one there's so many there's so many good ones too but, many um yeah but i think yeah it has to be one of the christmas episodes you know relax they do for me because that that's got my favorite musical number at the end <laughs> Yes. That one I enjoy the most out of all the Christmas numbers they do. And, you know, the storyline of David's computer getting hacked by the White House. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a really funny storyline, really funny episode. Yeah, it's very, it's very relevant even now. It seems more yeah. relevant to the today, which is, which is a good sign of writing. It's still, it's a bit um, predictive of what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your favourite series? It would have to be series four or five, one of those two, because I think that's when the show peaked in the mid-90s. And, you know, I'd say, you know, four, series four to six, you know, they were the best series, in my opinion, those three series. Yes. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's, where, that's where most of my favourite episodes are as well, within those three. So, yeah. <laughs> And who's your favourite character? I would probably say Rona, really. Bill or Rona. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're all I love. I love them all. They're all funny. Bill, Ben, and Rona. But you know, Rona's my favourite because I can probably relate to her a bit more. Because as a gay guy, <laughs> you know, she loves her guys. <laughs> she loves her men. And um, <laughs> my mum's name's also called Rona as well. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. funny coincidence. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, we always used to say, "Oh, you're just like Rona in Two Point Four Children." and my mum's got dark hair as well, like Rona as well. So it's, right. you know, a lot of coincidences there. Did you take it as a compliment then? <laughs> yeah, she did, yes. yeah. Yeah, Rona is pretty cool. So do you think it's aged well? I do think it has, yes. I mean, I mean, you can definitely, you know, you would tell it's from the 90s, obviously, <laughs> by watching it. But it's, um, it has aged well because you can still laugh at it. And, you know, there's lots of things that are in it that are around now or some things that were ahead of its time yes you know 
like you know the internet hacking and you know mobile phones you know which you know really old ones in the 90s you know they were the size of bricks <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a, that was a difficult question that one for me but yeah, was, oh, no no worries at all um why do you think it's been forgotten though over time i don't really know to be honest but well you know all i can say is you know it it makes my blood boil that it has really yeah I just think, you know, it's a show that's been treated appallingly over the years, especially by the BBC. You know, there's, you know, hardly any repeats on the television, which is sad. It's not on Netflix. They've only had one episode on BritBox, which was Babes in the Wood. You know, I just think it's it's, it's awful. It really is awful. You know, it's, it's a really underrated comedy. You know, it really deserves better. And, you know, I've, I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm absolutely desperate for a proper DVD release of all eight series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the shelf with just the first three does look a bit um, empty, doesn't it? Lonely yeah. about the rest. If I had to choose between 2.4 children or my family, you know, I would always choose, I would always choose 2.4 children. Oh, yes. Same. <laughs> always. Because it just felt it. You could relate to it more. It was more normal. You know, the house looked no- was normal, yeah. and the storylines were. You know, you could relate to. Well, some people could relate to them as well. And yeah. it just it just seemed more grounded well, than my family. Ironically, you mentioned the first one you ever watched was when the going gets tough. A couple of years ago, when I was at home at my parents, they they have Sky. I had um, it was on UK Gold. In the midday, they were showing that episode of Two Point Four Children followed after by a series two episode of My Family. So 2.4 episode from 91, My Family episode from 2001. And it really summed it up for me, which was how do people compare these shows and say they're the same? Apart from the family setup, that's where the similarities end. They're different in tone, different in the writing style, they're different in in the performances, the direction, just everything about it, but also just the overall um, setup feels more real than Two Point One Children. Bizarrely, for something that was ten years older, and obviously m- much further time distance from both those years, it's actually aged better. Weirdly, I, well, my family, it's it's definitely got a more American feel to it. I think it does. It does. And and the house, you know, it just looks like a, a showroom. You know, yes, it, it, does. yeah. it doesn't look normal at all. No. <laughs> No, I think uh, unfortunately people have just misremembered two point four and have just thought it was on the same level. But that's why this podcast exists, so that people can remember it for what it was. And hopefully, in the not too distant future, there'll be more repeats or something where people have the chance to watch it more. Well, thank you very much, Richard. You have passed your initiation. You were always going thank to. You. Thank and you. And so before we go and take a deep dive into the episode. I'm like what I did there. We will hear from uh, Andrew Marshall about the deep. What? Oh, it's you again. Oh, well, if you insist. Series five, episode three, which is called The Deep, uh, named after a book by Robert Benchley and subsequent movie. This is a vertical story about the Grimes's pets, 
While I was writing the previous series of 2.4 Children, we had a, a fish pond in our garden, and we went up the motorway to visit my partner's sister, and it was uh, one of our birthdays, and they gave us some fish that she'd bought to put in our pond, and she had them, I think, down in her basement and we went uh, down to collect them when we uh, left and we discovered that she'd bought them like a couple of days before and they were all each in a sort of plastic bag full of water and of course what she'd totally forgotten was that the oxygen in the water gets depleted after a while and uh, the fish were looking uh, relatively okay at that point they were looked a little bit sluggish and i don't think we uh, at the time thought anything of it so we carefully loaded them in the car and we set off down the motorway hoping that by the time we got to london that the fish would still be alive and about halfway down at the motorway services we stopped to have a look at them and they were just horribly gasping and and looking very ill and so we <laughs> uh <laughs> to the uh, thing where you blow up your tires which is the only thing we could think of of doing and we um very carefully squirted uh, the air from the tire inflating device into each of the bags to revive the fish and then uh, continued our journey back home and uh, and fortunately the fish uh, were all fine in the end and we managed to put them in the pond where they were almost immediately eaten by kingfisher but and that's enough sad fish story this prompted this uh, this story which of course is slightly exaggerated and and, and finessed in a, in a comedy sort of way and you'll notice at the end of the uh, show there's a, a shot where the fish uh, having not gone quite as well as, as it did in real life, uh, sort of flopping about all over the tarmac at the motorway services. And uh, because uh, Richard Bowden was extremely worried that we'd, uh, that we'd be sort of horribly um, torturing the, the poor fish, uh, they weren't real fish. No, not a single one of them was a real fish. They were, were rubber fish, which were all being um, worked on little wires from poles that various people in special effects were handling out of shot. And uh, just to prove it, in case uh, it came up on points of view, which it ultimately did, after the shot you see he zoomed out so you could actually see all the people working the fish just to prove that uh, uh, we were taking... Uh, uh, precautions and, and not uh, being cruel to the poor fish so no fish were harmed in the making of this episode and let's see what they make of this one so this is one you said this is one of your favorites as well as the christmas special when we were talking before we recorded and, yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, what is it you like about this episode it's so uh, i just find the story funny how um Ben has, you know, obviously kept it a secret from Bill that he's agreed to look after the Brian's house next door. And <laughs> she finds out, but he obviously didn't find out from them if there was any pets to look after. And they've gone away on holiday. And he's, you know, he's obviously not known there was any fish to look after or pigeons. <laughs> no. I mean, I feel this is one where this is not entirely the porter's fault, really. I think no, this is one no. where... This is I, I, I when I was watching it again last night. I mean, I've seen it many times, like all the episodes. But it's funny watching it with the podcast mind because I feel like I'm watching it for the first time again or seeing it differently. Because Bill just goes through hell from the beginning 
and just yes. he's just annoyed. This is I think this I think Bill is annoyed throughout the entire episode. So it begins with her in the bedroom, and it's an awful like you know nightmare to try and get the um, cobwebs in the (laughs) corners of the the ceiling wall and the phone starts ringing and no one's picking up eventually she does answer the phone and there's a man speaking German on the other end and she hangs up thinks it's a wrong number it rings again and it's the same man and this time she puts the hoover you know (laughs) into the sock into the phone (laughs) I mean that's quite illegal because I mean it's like when people put you know whistle blow a whistle down the phone it can cause people ear problems (laughs) And yeah, she's trying to tidy up the bedroom as well. And then yes. she gets she gets it immaculate just as she likes it, and then Ben smashes that massive hole in the wall. Oh my goodness! Brick, <laughs> bricks and bricks and dust everywhere. It's a wonderful <laughs> bit of it's a wonderful pace and sort of set up to that bit that reveal because you've got you've had um, Jenny and, and David kind of enter each separately, saying, you know, is it for me? Is it me? You know, am I the only one who who answers the, the phone, phone. Yes. <laughs> and then what do you think you you know jenny says well, i've been busy in my room and bill says well what do you think's been going on here a performance by the chinese acrobats you know she's just not in the <laughs> mood and then when david said he's going to meet his friend steve to richmond park to look where ufos have landed and bill says well if you see et tell him not to phone home which is a great little line that's a great line yeah <laughs> saying don't phone the porters i mean can you i can just imagine you eat bill part i can't i'm not going to try an et voice <laughs> I'll be right here. Oh, I, yeah. I, I can't do ET. So she's finished hearing, as you say, all tidied up. And she does look quite proud of how it is. And it's a brilliant, ex- well executed, that when the, the wall smashes and Ben's just standing there as the kind of dust is settling away with a hammer hot in the air and he's in his plumber outfit. And it's like, it's, it's like a, 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 a hole in the shape of a man. And then he just goes, whoops. Yeah, he just looks like a naughty schoolboy just today knows he's done something wrong that's going to make bill so angry it's a brilliant yeah. bit it's brilliant because it's um he just says oh you know i just gave it a tap and you can just imagine an actual <laughs> tap and then it all just descends and and, and cr- crashes down interestingly he says this is um you know bill's on him to put an ensuite shower in and now david's moved all his stuff back to his room so i'm assuming that room is the spare room in relaxing yes. room where david does the use the computer is that right yeah, I was actually thinking that because I was watching the episode last night and I remember hearing one of your interviews and you were talking about David's bedroom and you don't see many of the rooms upstairs except Bill and Ben's bedroom, mostly. Yes. Yeah. And I thought, you know, yeah, that must be David's old bedroom that, they, that they're going to build a non-suite shower room yes. in. So I thought, yeah, that must be it. Well, I think the, the other bathroom I can think of is um, in Hormones when Bill, Bill thinks she's pregnant. And that I always, I just always assumed that that bat, the next door, that the the bathroom was by their room. But now I realise that it's obviously that's he has to build. He's building the ensuite in the in the um, in that room. It, it, you know, it's one of those when you watch TV, even if you watch loads of times, there's things that you don't always just take on. You know, right. whereas I'm watching it now with more clearly, I'm like, oh, that that all makes sense now, and 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 I'm trying to work out the sort of structure and the. Um, architecture of, of the house and um you know <laughs> bill just says you know why didn't you put down a dust sheet you know she's more considering ben's a plumber and he's obviously the man who you know thinks he knows all the diy she's the one that knows everything and he says well I'll, you know where's the dustpan and brush you're just like 
that's not going to get clear of everything he's done. He's going to get black bin bags and to put everything in the bags. It's just really funny. You can just imagine how frustrated she felt. You know, oh, my God, after, yes. After all that hoovering that she was doing, and then the bedroom was just smothered in dust again. Yes, and, and she'd, be, she'd be the one to clean it up because even if he says, oh, I'll clean it up, he'd find a way around not doing it and she'd end up doing it. Or he would do it and she wouldn't be happy with what he'd done, so she'd do it anyway. So Bill runs downstairs muttering, you know, don't worry, I'll get it. She, she's just in a foul mood now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and just says, judging by this morning so far, it's probably the angel of death. Opens the door. It's Auntie Tina. And then I love this first moment where Bill just turns away going, yes, it is. And Tina yeah. said, pardon? You know, in this moment, the aside is not a sort of aside to the audience, breaking the fourth wall and ignoring the characters. Tina's aware of it which actually is quite nicely um, sprinkled throughout the episode. And I think there's so many kids who can recognise this sort of event or, you know, moment when Bill shouts upstairs, Jenny, David, it's Auntie Tina. And there's these two consecutive (laughs) door slams, you know, because they just don't want to know. And it's like, you know, a lot of people obviously love their family and look forward to seeing certain members, but then there are a lot of people who just dread it and yeah. <laughs> you know especially if it's if it's an auntie who like gives kisses on the cheek and stuff like that or grandmas it you know they sort of dread it when it happens <laughs> oh i love auntie tina you know i just love, love her squeaky voice <laughs> oh i know i mean uh, sandra dickinson <laughs> it's always a treat when yeah. she appears on the show it's weird because it's only she's only in six episodes but she makes yeah. such an impact in those moments you feel like she's in it a lot more <laughs> And I love that. I just love the way she conducts herself and the and what she's doing at the you know at any given time. So she explains that she was in town looking for silk flowers. They were that a machine washable at forty degrees. You're not just it's not just anything. It's forty. It's silk flowers, and it's not just that they are. She's looking for silk flowers, but they have to be machine washable at forty degrees. I mean the details she gives. Yeah. No one cares, <laughs> but she thinks it's fascinating. She's very particular, isn't she? She's very she precise. Very precise and, very, and a bit of a snob as well, really. Uh, very tactless with it. She goes, oh, oh the, the area's gone down since the recession. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I, that's why I find, one of the things I find funny about Tina is that she really gets up Bill's nose with her snobbery because yeah. she's always, always in, insulting Bill about her clothes, her furniture, <laughs> all sorts. <laughs> and, and the thing is, that, like, <laughs> Tina does... Um, admire Bill in lots of ways. She says that in previous two appearances, especially now with the issue with Brian. And yeah. even then, when she says she admires Bill, she always has to make some backhanded compliment <laughs> of some kind, whether it's about the sofa or, you know, I, I've come to you for help. I can't really go to any of my friends. They're too nice. It's just, you know, she, she's... <laughs> and yet, I think at this moment, she's just, you know planted the seed for Bill to get angry. But obviously, as we know later, Tina becomes quite crucial to the episode. So Bill said... I I don't think, think, um, you know, in this particular episode, you know, that's not the right episode to (laughs) insult Bill in any way because she was already in a foul mood. And I don't don't think Belinda Lang smiles, like genuinely has a moment of smiling except for trying to mask anger because she's like says to, after um, Tina mentions about the air going down, she goes, yes, people often get murdered right in the front room. You know, it's (laughs) it's just, she's just, you know, trying to make a hint, you know, hint to Tina. 
And then Tina explains that they have a neighborhood watch. It's not a full one. We just they just have a woman who circles around with a Labrador and writes things down. That is someone who's just a busybody. She's like a Miss Marple <laughs> going around and she's probably just listening into people's conversations. And and you know, just just she's she's so pedantic. She is the worst kind of neighbor that you'd you wouldn't want around. And obviously, you know, um, Bill doesn't want her to stay. And then Ben offers a, a coffee. Do you know what I love <laughs> so, about this scene? Go on, sorry. <laughs> and then, you know, Bill, you know, to get her own back. And obviously she's in a real foul mood. Yeah. She just puts she just puts all sorts of muck in her coffee, like salt and HB sauce and mud out of the plant pot on the seat on the worktop. <laughs> I think this is a great yeah. moment, actually. This 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 scene is a fantastic moment to show Ben and Bill slightly role reverse. So Ben appears, and and to be fair, you know, it's obviously Tina's obviously his sister, and he gives her a kiss, says, "Oh hi, Tina, you're right." And he's always quite. I think he's quite a good brother to Tina. You know, when Bill gives him that look when he offers her a drink, only because he wanted it. She says it's only instant coffee, which Tina's fine with, but hope Bill hoped it would, <laughs> you know, deter from having it. Yeah, <laughs> and then I love it when Tina says, "I know how difficult it is to check the pennies now that Brian's gone. It's often the case of nicer groceries or cheaper makeup for me these days." And Bill <laughs> says, "I know how you feel." And Tina goes, "Yes, I can yes, see I that." Can see that. <laughs> and Bill's face just like I, I, I don't know how. In a way, she burns like I can imagine corpsing a lot actually because the moments that make Bill angry are so funny and so blunt it's, it's hard not to to an extent so again we have this recurring idea that bill didn't actually win the full lottery she only won a little bit you know she says well tina says you know even though bill won the lottery you know how wise you don't let old habits die hard um and then you know it's kind of made clear that because she hasn't won the full lottery she will be doing it putting it all on her business goes into the kitchen as you say livid with ben and as you, <laughs> she puts hb sauce salt and then grabs a plant adds soil and even when she's like stirring she's just looking at ben with a face like a sour is it sour grapes is it the phrase yeah that's right yeah yeah she's just like <laughs> and then like and, and and because ben just looks totally unimpressed like in that moment you really can see she's annoyed this is a bit out of character for bill because usually bill's a bit more cool than that i think at times at this moment, she's really fuming, and she's just doing anything to get rid of Tina. Yeah, I um, when I first saw this episode, you know, what I was expecting to happen, which didn't happen, um, you know, I expected somehow the cups, the mugs, to get switched, and Bill would end <laughs> yes. up, Bill, Bill would end up drinking Tina's coffee. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that, 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 that never actually happens. But that's what I thought would happen: that they would get switched. Round yeah. somehow, <laughs> which I thought would have been—I thought would have been really good if it had happened. Yeah, that'd have been funny. Because uh, when Tina says, you know, she won't—you know, she won't want sugar because she thinks it obscures all the taste. And again, <laughs> Bill turns to a sign and goes, "Not necessarily." And Tina's like, "Pardon?" So um, <laughs> this is another great bit of Tina not quite clocking on that Bill's just not in the mood. And then Tina explains she knew Bill hadn't really won the lottery because she would have shared it with the family, wouldn't you? You know, she's just kind of want it. It shows what you know the lottery did do 
for a lot of to a lot of families which is expect people to hand out money i mean sure yeah. good people would but you know only if families deserve it potentially yeah so, it did cause it did, did, did cause a lot of divisions in family mm-hmm. i think you know yeah, like like we saw in like like we saw in the episode greed. Yes. Yeah, when they're all when they're all arguing about the lottery money. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, do you remember? Um, do you remember at home with the Braithwaite's? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was that was really good. That was a good example <laughs> of um, family division just from winning millions. And so, Bill Tina says she's going to introduce Bill. Uh, Tina says she's going to introduce Bill to a reasonable supplier. You know who? Me. And she yeah. says she has a copperware party in the afternoon, and and you just you just hear those words, and you just think, oh my god, that is going to be so dreary. And it, it is. She says it's very informal. Sometimes we have people from the council estate, and you know, Bill's. Just, I love the way Bill's like, oh, how good of you, you know, being very condescending because she thinks that, you know, Tina's being very welcoming, but really she's just a snob. And then we have. Yeah, it's not really it's not really Bill's thing. <laughs> oh no, no not pencil. at all. <laughs> you know, she explains Tina that she gives a talk about how to keep particular shape of foods fresh for days, and then the and then that um, day it is small triangular bits. And at that moment, when there's a before she speaks to speaks again, there's a close up on Bill's face, and she's just staring at her. And I notice one thing that she has a gulp in her throat. Now I can't decide whether that's Bill underlying try not to laugh. Or Bill, or that's just a way of just showing Bill just seething because she's going to have to hear this hideous story. What do you think? Maybe a bit of, maybe a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, could well be because um, she really is um, just has a face on her all the time. Then, then they say that they pass around the relevant pieces of cupware and they all practice putting the lid on properly and it has to burp. You just think, what? <laughs> and, um, I loved it. I, lo- I loved it when she said that. Yeah, it has to burp. Burp. Like what? <laughs> I, 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 I just, that's nice. It proves one thing. Even though Ryan has left, she's on her own with Shane. You know, she can say about, you know, it's all tight pennies and, you know, it's all tight, the money and everything. But even now, it's still very middle class, upper class problems she's dealing with, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Tina brings, brought her diary because um, Bill's unable to go. Um, and it says, you know, oh, don't forget to drink your coffee. Um, and then Bill looks very evil with the mug at this moment when she's watching her. It's almost like she just wants to make sure that she really is drinking the right one. And I love when Tina just looks, goes down and goes, oh, you know, I must be going now. Is that the time? And it's so fake, the way she's just so obviously make finding an excuse to go. And she's like, don't stop me, Bill. I've got to go. You know, she's just trying to be all important and, and haughty and like, you know, yeah, it's just it's just really good acting. The look on Bill's face, you know, I don't know whether she wanted a reaction from Tina or, or yeah. whether she just she did just want her to go because she just didn't like the taste of the coffee. Yes. But it really looked as if, you know, the way Bill was looking at her behind her mug. <laughs> yes. She was like, oh, she, she wanted a reaction of some kind. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Tina leaves the house and then Ben sits down to have his coffee and then Bill just goes over and says, haven't you got to get on? And she just glares at me and goes, I won't be a minute. And then it's amazing. He, he keeps, he drinks his coffee. She just keeps glaring at him. And, he's, and then he's just like, oh, all right. You know, she, he just knows that the, the eyes are going to stay on him until he goes upstairs to get on with it. 
So we have the the. Oh, do you have something to say? Sorry. Oh yeah, I was going to say, you know, when Bill, you know, is looking at him from behind, you know, it must be like a hot rod going right through him because he oh, knows that yes. she's watching him. And oh, she absolutely. wants him to get on, get on with his work. <laughs> oh, absolutely, because I think he's already made more work for himself and for them, <laughs> essentially, having to build a new wall, which is the last thing they need. So the 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 phone rings again, and it's the the the, the German gentleman singing again. He then starts to say a uh, load of things. The only thing they understand is the word Grimes, and then he says "Er und von Grimes," and he, Bill says that out loud. And I love the way Ben suddenly panics, like, "Yeah, I've got I've got to go upstairs," and she just clicks <laughs> instantly. She ben, says, yes, Ben, and, and I have to say this moment. Belinda Lang is holding the the, the, the giant brick yeah. cordless phone. <laughs> Honestly, she looks like she's holding a butcher knife, like she is <laughs> going to murder him. And she just says, what did you tell them? That we look after their house while they're away in Germany? No. I said we look after the house when they're away in Switzerland, <laughs> you know? And she's <laughs> like, you know, don't worry, they haven't got a cat anymore. Bill says, of course, of course they haven't got a cat anymore. It had a nervous breakdown and ran away after we got it nailed up under the floorboards. And the, bear in mind, in um, You Only Live Twice, we learned that the cat won't, didn't leave the cupboard. Yeah. So clearly, it ran. eventually, it just ran away, which is really sad for the Grimeses. But... <laughs> and the fact that they've killed the dog as well. Um, and, but Ben says, no, there's no more pets. He's checked the house. There's nothing there. Anyway, we cut to the Grimeses at the phone booth. Um, I, it looks like they're a ski resort, but we learn later they're actually not. On the <laughs> phone, Lena appears saying that they had a terrible time getting through. The operator kept getting the wrong number and a mad woman on the other end. <laughs> I, I can look- understand. I can, I can understand, you know, why Bill would not want to look after their pets because it is a you know I've, I've been asked before by people you know if i can look after their pets yeah and it and it does feel more of a responsibility than it does your own you just feel if something goes wrong you know they will never forgive you if your pet gets killed or anything like that it's, so i yeah. can understand why bill just and yeah. after all after all their experiences with their pets in the past with rufus the dog party and the cat, you know, you can understand why she just doesn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think she's just at this moment, she, she's got the brains like in Relaxivu when um, Ben wants to go to France and she's just like, nope, we're staying right here. Obviously, as it transpired, staying there was the first thing they could have done. But, you know, in, in those kind of moments, she does have the right idea on everything. So, it, but I love this bit as well with, with the Grimeses at the phone booth because you've got, Mr. Leonard on the phone and then Mrs. Grimes like clinging on to him saying, what's going on, Leonard? And he, 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 I love, and, and they're such a bickering old couple. They are very much Terry and June of the yeah. 90s. They're like saying, keep your socks on Dora. Dora was worried something was going wrong. And, you know, Bill's very reassuring, but Dora, you know, Mrs. Grimes is very much, you, she has every reason to be, to be worried and suspicious and to have a bad, bad inkling on things. But, you know, this, this proves it further. And I love when um, Dora, she grabs the phone and pulls the cord. It's almost around Leonard's neck, <laughs> you know, just like she's strangling him, you know. <laughs> and then, then they have the conversation between um, her and Bill saying, you know, I didn't mention them 
Um, and I worried they wouldn't, wouldn't have been noticed. You know, had they got enough food? Oh, yes, we fed them this morning. And then, and then Ben's like, what? And Bill kicks him. And then <laughs> she says, I was worried something might happen to them. Um, so clearly something is in the house or in the, their, on their property. And the way Bill's just like, you know, just to doubly sure, this thing, they are where they usually are. Well, of course, where else would they be? Mrs. Grimes says. <laughs> and then it's just like, you know, they go off the phone and Bill's just like, no pets, eh? And Bill's, Bill's like, you broke my shin. And she kicks him again because they bloody well deserved it. Yeah, she's had enough <laughs> that day already. With everything that's happened already, she's it, had enough. Oh, God. And, it, and bless her, it gets worse. So they go to the, <laughs> they go to the Grimes' house, uh, which Jenny refers to as Nafland. Yeah. They have something to look for. They agree to, to look around, swap and um, break up and look for clues, as they say in Scooby-Doo. Bill goes into the conservatory and I love when she steps on a dog toy and then sees a picture of Rufus, framed, a framed picture of Rufus on his, in his bed. That's so sad. <laughs> got a little Rufus shrine, party shrine. <laughs> that, that did make me laugh when she stepped on that squeaky toy. <laughs> that yes. did make me laugh. <laughs> Which like they she... eventually get when they have Harry. Yeah, <laughs> and and the music starts to get quite um, the suspenseful music playing. And I think I, I think I found it's called Panic Music Full Mix. It's by a, a composer called Rick Kassman and Vi, Vive Hope Scott. I hope I pronounced that right. It is quite eerie. It's like it's definitely building up to something intense. Bill goes to the garden and she just has a kind of look around and. This is a, what I love about 2.4 Children and, and TV shows like it is you can watch these episodes and get that they, they warrant rewatches. So you can see certain things happen, which are important later on, but you don't notice on first viewing. And, and the way it's done is so seamless. But, you know, Bill just goes round. She sees the, the, the door, trap door on the pigeon loft and then sh- shuts it, which foreshadows what's to come later. Anyway, nothing seems to be there. She's about to enter the house, turns around, says, oh, no. Shouts for Ben. <laughs> he appears. You know, there's nothing in the house. What's going on? What, what is it? And it's just brilliantly acted that she points to the ground. He turns. And then as the crescendo of the music hits, the camera shows a pond with 10 dead fish floating on the surface. You just think, oh, my God, this is literally the worst nightmare realised. And Bill just begins to panic <laughs> and she just says you know give them the kiss of life or something and then she goes says to ben you know get something to poke them with and ben goes and grabs the rose bush instead of the steak <laughs> yes. and there's and there's, and there's and there's bill prodding the fish with this rose bush it just looks ridiculous <laughs> belinda, she can make belinda Lang can make the most absurd idea and the most absurd concept look really funny it's a bit like when um basil faulty whacks the car with a bush you know yeah. it, it's <laughs> just so so bonkers but it works in that moment because she's just panicking and she's just like <laughs> you know wake up wake up and then just whacks again <laughs> wakey wakey and then when she just oh. stops and breathes in uh, it, ben just has to break the tension and, and he's he's a typical man he just doesn't know doesn't read the room doesn't know when it's a good idea to shut up and he just goes Maybe they're hibernating. And she just rolls her eyes like, <laughs> you did not just say that, Ben. 
<laughs> oh, that's such a funny scene. It's such a funny moment. That is. Oh, it is. It, it, it's <laughs> it's it's so brilliantly built up, and it and it become because it becomes something. And so the dining room, Bill sat and she's holding one of these fish. She's measuring it with a ruler um, on the phone, explaining it's pinky white with grey patches. You know, it looks like it's had a shock, <laughs> but don't they all? <laughs> as she says. Um, <laughs> It's nothing like the fish and they're getting no luck. And she's just basically calling everywhere around to find replacements. Ben's bought a fish book thinking that's very helpful. And so they find out that they are a Japanese ghost koi, which is gray and pale yellow skin, which gives the beautiful creatures their name and they can take food from your hand. So they're obviously quite intelligent fish, which kind of prompts Bill to say, great. So not only do we have to buy them, we have to train them as well. <laughs> that's another thing I like about Bill. She can be very sarcastic at times like when ben said you know i've bought the i've bought this fish book yes i don't they they don't they don't need anything to read <laughs> they're dead yes i think <laughs> what's what i love about bill i think is when she know when when people are like in moments of crisis the thing she's good at is being in control not well being in control but also thinking about things very seriously and although she can at times be very sarcastic you know be funny to kind of break the tension there are times where i think when someone else tries it and she's just not in the mood like at this moment she is just not in the mood for ben to be no. trying to make out things out better when that actually when things are going to hell for them i think this has to be bill's most moody episode oh One yeah she's most most, ang most angry i think <laughs> i think she i think i genuinely think i've not seen but this this is probably yeah i agree she's the most livid because it's just one disaster after another and they're, they're you know the only specialist shops that there are near to them is Aberdeen, Barnsley, Cardiff, Reading and Swindon so they're, they're, they're pretty screwed. I love when Ben says we could just ask someone to bike over with them I mean this is like <laughs> even today in the Deliveroo and Uber Eats world as far as I'm aware no pet shop will deliver unless it's something big you know like say I don't know, a fish tank or something. But generally speaking, most people go to these shops and get them themselves and take them home. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, um, yeah. you funny, you know, you should mention, you know, when they say, when Ben reads out the list of local, where the shops are, mm. and, you know, one of them's in Reading, you know, that's where I live. I live yes. in Reading. Oh. So it was, really it was really nice to hear, you know, <laughs> my home get a mention in an episode. <laughs> That's probably another reason why this episode sticks out for me. Because you because you realise the fish shop's near you, or fictional fish shop is near you. Yeah. <laughs> so we learned that it's September 20th, um, and actually the, the previous episode, um, when Ben goes to Plums Merchant, I think it's the 15th, so it's only five days later. Um, and it's so funny when they realise that the Grimes is playing, oh, it's due to return on the 20th, and he, when he looks at it, he goes, the 20th, F. <laughs> like he's just screwed and then again this is this is ben in panic mode now ben's like right we'll take the car to one of the shops that you've been ringing bill then bill you go to tesco and buy lots and lots of bleach and then she's just like you're just making this up as you're going along don't you <laughs> and he's like you know let's just paint them with eco-friendly dye you know, he's just, he's panicking. And then suddenly he has a good idea, which Bill's totally against because they've only just got rid of Auntie Tina, but she's near Reading. So that's an option. <laughs> and you know what? I have to say, it's, 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 
about 15, 16 minutes into the episode, and I've just I just realized, oh, Rona's not appeared yet. She's just not appeared. And then she walks in the door. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Rona is it Rona? Uh, but I, do you know? I, I I was trying to remember how is Rona used in this episode. I I I for a bit I thought, what does she do? And then I kind of thought, is it when she shackles up the grimes? And then I remembered, yeah, that this is the episode. So Rona she, she, but, yeah. she invites she invites Bill and Ben over for dinner. Yes, and Bill says we can't because they're busy trying to find replacement fish yeah we said but, but we know a couple who could <laughs> meaning yes. the grimes is <laughs> it's and i quite like the fact that rona's like you know no one's cooked you a meal in a while we've got loads of food do you want to come over i think i just think that's really nice of her um not realizing she's just kind of trapped entrapped herself with you know, something with some responsibility so rona's a, Ron, Ron a, Ron a wonderful friend to bill you know. isn't she she is i i, I love those friendships We'd all we'd all love to have a friendship like that, Bill and Bill and Rona. You know. Yeah, neighbors. Sadly, 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 we, yeah, we can't all have friendships like that. Unfortunately, you are lucky if you do have one like that. Oh, I, I agree. Your neighbor, your business partner, your friend, who essentially is part of the family, a surrogate member of the yeah. family. Um, yeah. I I think. I always say, I've, probably, I've said this quite a few times on the, the pod, but I think Rona and Bill's friendship is one of my favourites in sitcom and very underrated, like really yeah. underrated. We always have the same ones, for like Idina and Patsy and Hyacinth and Elizabeth, but I think that Bill and Rona's friendship has a lot, a lot of depth to it. She's so, almost like an, almost like a sister, I think, yes, to Bill, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, totally. Because I think we found out in one of the episodes that Bill does have a sister, but they don't get on with each other. Oh, do we? Yeah, I can't remember which episode that was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's giving me pause. I'll have a. I haven't seen any episodes yet, so maybe it's later on. But we'll. Um, I'll look into that. I'll. I'll let you know if I find out which one it is. Cheers, Richard. (laughs) And so we again another great um joy of this show is the use of um location shooting. So they're on the motorway and there's six bikes riding along in front of the Chevrolet and the bill shouts to them to get out of the way. It's a bit like Sons of Anarchy at this point. And, and, and I think what I love about the direction of especially the location is that the sets, the settings are, are very um, kind of, what's the word? Ambitious. You know, you've got, you've got using the motorway, which is obviously quite a, a not it's very busy so clearly they've done very well to get that on and you know the way that they still are able to tell the story and and keep the narrative going keep the character stuff going like when bill just turns says i want you to promise me here and now you will never agree to look after their house again <laughs> and then there's a, they're over the limit and bill points out there's a car behind ahead a police car ahead and it's a great visual disc <laughs> well they all slow down yeah oh it's just so <laughs> wonderful but it's, it's the point of view of the back of the car essentially inside of the, the police car and there's two police officers sitting at the front watching them come back and then you know the chevrolet just goes really slowly and then a few seconds the bikers behind slowly <laughs> it's just really really funny i have to ask you know if you're ever walking around somewhere and you see a police car or you see police officers walking around or when you're crossing the road and there's a police car on the road, even though you've done nothing wrong, you're not a criminal, do you ever feel like your whole composure just changes and you're very self-conscious about everything you're doing? 
Um, well, I don't actually drive myself, so well, no, I, I, I don't either. I, I mean, more when you're a pedestrian or you cross over the road to uh, traffic lights or something, and you see police cars or police officers walking around. When I see them, I just turn. I, I don't know. I just turn more self-conscious about everything. You, you, you feel <laughs> like you're you, you feel like you're doing something wrong, even though you're not. Is feel that like what you mean? Yeah, I feel yeah. like they're they're looking at me to see if I'm committed a crime or if I'm running away from something it, it, it's i don't know what it is but i just yeah. turn completely different it's, it's quite funny actually yeah I, I understand what you mean yeah they do they do make you feel a bit nervous sometimes yeah because <laughs> you feel like that they are going to approach you for something but it's all in your mind <laughs> oh it is it really is um i need to just kind of snap myself out of that one so <laughs> i love when ben once again tries to break the mood with some kind of unhelpful comment he just says you know one day we'll look back on this and he's gonna he wants to say and we'll laugh and bill's just like <laughs> and use it in defense of her murder trial it's like yep yeah, she's just done with the day meaning ben's murder yeah That's ben's murder yeah it's like um <laughs> it's like in uh, one from the grave where margaret thinks um has a dream that she's murdered victor and she's about to be executed but then she's um she is let off under i think it's justifiable circumstances and i think i can just imagine bill's just like in the courtroom so mrs porter why did you murder your husband <laughs> he agreed to, to look after the grimes's house again when it was the worst idea in history that's why i did it i will say um when bill and ben are speeding down the motorway the music they chose to suit the scene that funny music yes that do 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 that music yeah I think that's re- there's something really funny about that that music. Oh yeah, they always oh dum 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 dum. dum. It, it always feels like a caper, doesn't it? It feel it just like feel like they're I don't know in some kind of silent movie. They do choose the music very well in this show. And so, so I, I, yeah. I remember I remember when my mum watched that episode. You know, my mum said something that, that music's really funny. That they, yeah, that they that they that they that they they chose to play. You know, as Bill and Bennett speeding down the motorway it's a really funny catchy tune <laughs> it just, i think it, it, it enhances the, the, the ludicrousness of what they're doing and what they're, 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 they're the fact they are trying to get fish it's yeah. just it's just a really bonkers idea it does it does fit it very well they arrive at tina's and she hands them these two huge bags of water with the fish in them and you know they think they're going to get an easy quick escape it's just a, a kind of fleeting visit and then she just makes it clear that she had to cancel her Cupperware party. <laughs> I'm sure I'll manage without the extra money I make. Essential now that me and Shane are a one-parent family. You know, she just still has to <laughs> just, just subtly put in that she's a, that she's a, a one-parent family. And that I mean, to be fair, she has, you know, considering how bad Bill treated her, yeah. which is, which, you know, regardless of what Tina can be like, she didn't really deserve to drink soil. Let's be honest. No. no. I mean, it's probably not good for you as well. You know, and she's done, she has decided to, to even if it wasn't when she was paid for, it was a social event that she agreed to um, to do and had to cancel. You know, Bill does eventually agree to send a check, but she doesn't quite get leave without one last jive. And she says, you know, we better go or you'll then be dead as well. And seems like, I'm sure they're healthy fish. And then Bill turns and goes, I wasn't talking about the fish <laughs> and, the, and they drive <laughs> off and Tina's just stood at the end looking a bit kind of like very I think just very 
down and like she's just done so yeah. much for them and, and she's been treated that way. You know, she, she it was like, win. you know, it was like, you know, what did Bill mean by that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's that's the look that's the look she's got on her face. What did yeah. Bill mean? <laughs> she's, uh, she's not always the quickest penny, is she? <laughs> so back at Chepstow Road, Tony and Rona see the Grimes and getting out of their taxi, and then they just pull them towards Rona's house. We go back to the motorway and the porters have overtaken an ambulance. Um, Bill's in the back seat, just he's holding these two huge bags of of <laughs> with fish and water in. She then says that the fish are starting to look sick and gasping for air. Um, because all and you know, although they are in water, they need the air to breathe yeah. it. Um, so she, they said, you know, find a way to poke a hole in it. So she uses a, a, a random orange juice carton and a straw that's obviously attached <laughs> to it, and then just starts poking at this bag. Um, and then because both of them are at this pro, are at problem, now. so they they pull up at a um, I think it's a petrol station that they go to, and then yeah. they they pull up towards the um, area where you can use a gas water pump. And so the, <laughs> I love these this, moments. Oh, go on, you guys say something. This, this, this is yeah, really funny. Yeah, this is the best moment of the whole episode, I think, yeah. where Ben uses the air pump that you would normally use for your tires. Yes. <laughs> he uses it to fill up, you know, put air in this bag of fish. The bag explodes and the water and the fish just go everywhere. It's just, oh, it's a really funny, funny moment. It's a great visual it. when when they're just stood behind behind the car, just staring at each other with absolute despair. Um, and as the fish are all flopping around on the ground, it's, it's quite cruel, really. Um, and I always love this when it happens in Two Point Four Children. Whenever there's a disaster in public there's always at least a family or group of people who are watching the ports thinking what a nutty family nutty pair yeah. oh, and i think i think i think the family that were watching them yeah they all got a bit wet as well when the bag exploded yes, yes. <laughs> and then that i mean the story i mean out, it's one of those out of context they the porters it makes sense when you know this full story but when they're in public and they're doing things like pumping water into a bag full of fish you just think, what are they up to? <laughs> and so Rona's living room, um, Tony says it's nice to meet the Grimes and then it's made clear that they, they've never actually met before. I also remember when, uh, funny thing, you know when um, the taxi pulls up and, and the first person that uh, Mrs Grimes sees is Tony and she has a bit of a smile on her face. She's probably thinking, oh, dashing young man coming to collect, help me with my bags and then sees Rona and she's like, oh no. You know, just, <laughs> because I think they know what Rona's like. Yeah, and I think it's yeah, it's a really you know a really funny line when Mrs. Grimes you know she, she says you know I thought you'd gone to get the key for the handcuffs, yeah. <laughs> and um, Rona looks out the window and sees Bill and Ben pull up because they've come back from collecting these new fish. Yeah, and she goes, "Oh, I've just remembered the key to the handcuffs is in the bedroom." <laughs> Mrs. Grimes says, "I'm not at all surprised." Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like really... <laughs> she has such a reputation on that street because <laughs> she knows that you know Rona's a sex mad woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, she's not at all surprised that the key to the handcuffs is in the bedroom. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's 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 it's, it's, it's and the way she says it as well is just really kind of dis, dis, <laughs> just very looks down on Rona and, and very dis, disapproving. Um, so again, another a really great bit is when Bill and Ben run into the house 
and go to the back garden. Oh no, there's another bit, sorry, I forgot to mention that they, they've looked at the, um, the Grimes' pictures four times, the pictures of, their, of the Alps. So they're just trying to kill time before the tales <laughs> get back. So Bill and Ben run into the house and run and straight to the back garden. And I look and David turns to Jenny and says, I blame television for this. Because it's just <laughs> at this moment, they're the ones who have been the most grown up. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it is a bit of a, a role reversal, really. Sometimes, you know, the children are more grown up than what Bill and Ben are. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> and so they go through the fence um, and Bill and Ben enter the Grimes' garden with the with like, they've got plastic box. They've got like a, a, a plastic boxes, like little, like, um, you know, like little lunch boxes. And, and they, I think they even <laughs> have a cereal, like, a, you know, the kind of cereal tubs you can get when you, um, buy cereal and you just want it in your tub not in the packet really I, think they used, I think they used all the plastic containers that tina gave them yes that, that they put in the boot they used them to put the fish in <laughs> very 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 clever of 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 um tina to have given them all that just to make it all make it probably, probably she probably thought oh they'll be hopeless they'll burst the bags on the way home you know so um <laughs> yeah i think that's what would happen um so then we get to the Grimeses and to, well, they, so they, all the fish are in the pond. The Grimes then check out the garden, and you know Bill sort of turns the attention over to how amazing the the fish look, and Mrs. Grimes just is like, they certainly are. When I left, I swore they were dead, and you and this <laughs> moment that Bill just looks up and says, what? Just yeah. <laughs> you just think she's literally this couldn't be it couldn't get worse and it does oh and it does get more <laughs> worse so mrs Grimes, all that all yeah. that all that all that time and effort and money that they spent <laughs> trying to find these new fish and they were dead the whole time <laughs> well it's never 2.4 children without a, an, an added twist in the tail so <laughs> She didn't mind. She preferred the gold, plain gold ones, which is so funny because the plain gold ones are the easiest ones to get. Yet they had to trek all the way to near Reading to get these Japanese ghost koi's, which she doesn't even like. I mean, it, it's like salt. It's like salt in the wound. Everything yeah. she says is salt in the wound for Bill. And then um, Mrs. Grimes explains that it was a relief to relief to ring them. Bill nods and says, "You know, um, you know, when I love it when she, Bill nods and she's like, oh." yeah it says oh and then look but in that moment she looks like she's going to explode she Belinda can play angry <laughs> so well and then when leonard says you know dora had visions that the trap door on the pigeon loft might have shut in the wind unless it's open all the time all my racing pigeons would suffocate to death <laughs> and they all turn and what we saw earlier bill's yeah. shutting that because yeah. <laughs> it was flapping in the wind wasn't it so bill yeah. locked it didn't she shut it and I mean, it's just as beautiful. You say, when you say, you know, Bill was smiling, you know, I can, you know, you've noticed that her teeth are clenched together. Yes. She's, sort of, she's, she's angry, she's fuming, but she's just smiling, trying yeah. to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I think the final shot is of just Bill, rather than looking sad, looking angry or hysterical, she just sort of just, she just winces oh. a bit and like, oh no. Not again. <laughs> but you know what? In all fairness, though, I think the Grimes didn't tell them. They didn't no. tell them. No. And I think actually on this one occasion, if they sat down with them 
and explained what happened, that they thought the fish was, was what they were referring to. Obviously, they were dead. They thought, obviously, it happened, and then they bought them fish. I think, actually, that would be quite redeeming to say that the porters would go up to all that trouble to get them new fish, even though Mrs Grimes doesn't like the fish. I think it's quite redeeming. I also, you know, I think it's... It's like when you're a child and you've done something naughty, yeah. you know, you've, you've broken something and you go to huge lengths to try and find a replacement before your parents yeah. <laughs> see that you've broken it. Yeah. It's like that. You know, you're trying to cover up what you've done, yeah. <laughs> any mistake you've made. <laughs> I think yeah. that's, that's, that's what makes it a really funny episode. Oh, it is. I think I think what I love about, um, you know, Andrew Marsh talks a lot about the kind of how he structures the episodes and there are some ideas that, you know, he might come back to. But what I like is that it never feels the same. You know, the, the fact that this is the third time they've looked after the Grimes' pet and it's such different kind of, it's very different every time. It's not, you know, this is probably the most central to the plot. Whereas with yeah. Curiosity Killed the Cat, that was a kind of, another storyline while bill was ill the farty storyline sort of was 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 there but there were other elements that as well this is the most kind of central to the grimes's pets and porter's abysmal look with animals and you know it's 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 just it's just beautifully remade and and just a really fantastic episode and and mr saunders how do you rate it out five stars (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah it is really sad that it is you know such an underrated comedy you know it's Mm. yeah it It has a lot of great moments doesn't it it does it's always been one of my favorites i mean i've got lots of sitcoms at home on dvd and you know because i love collecting them because it's just it's just good to it's just good to see them on your shelf as well yes but it's really sad that you know two point four children's missing off the mm. shelf. You know, it's because it's always been one of the ones that I've grown up loving the most. Yes, and you know, to the powers that be, you know, if anyone out there is listening to this, you know, please um, do whatever you can to make this happen. Please get yeah. every series released, please. <laughs> I think it's one of those now. It feels really weird that ev- it seems every other show from the nineties, even things that were not successful, they only had one or two series get the full release. But this show that was on eight years, some of the most watched comedy they made of that decade and ever in some cases, and and it still hasn't been released. But you know that's again again why the podcast exists, and I am giving this a five five star. I think this is a great classic episode, great moments. Mm-hmm really um great performances again belinda lang could play angry so well uh, she must have been tired because this was just bill gradually not exploding and, and wanting to explode and just getting so tired <laughs> yeah so well thank you for coming on the show richard really enjoyed having you on um tell our list tell our listeners where we can find you on social media my twitter is at sutton fan which is Capital S U T O N F A N. And um, yeah, that's my Twitter. I mostly use Twitter, <laughs> to be honest. I don't really use a lot of the other social media. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on and um, thank you for being a great supporter of the podcast. 
can I just say as well? Um, yes. Um, you've had Tim Benson and Julia Hills on, and yes. hopefully you might get you might get the lady herself, Belinda Lang, on one day, maybe. Can I just say hello to all of them if they're listening? Yeah, It'd be nice to chat to them on Twitter sometime. <laughs> oh, no, they've been they've been very been very lucky so far, and fingers crossed for more to come. Well, thank you very much to everyone for listening. And next week, I have a new guest called Mark, and we are reviewing the episode Mayday. Until then, do not, I repeat, do not look after your neighbour's house or their pets when you go on holiday. Thank you. Thank you.